Let's go, Kirk Morrison. Let's go, man. <laughs> Just go right into it, huh? Let's get right into it. What's going on? Okay, so get, give me a quick idea here. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, give me a quick idea here. So you got you got some football tomorrow, some preseason football. What's that like for you? Like, is, is that the, okay, the stamp of approval, we are back because you're actually going to be at SoFi. You're going to yeah. get a chance to pre-post all that other stuff. Is that like the, uh, is that the, the ticket that football is back? Yeah, I mean, football was back last night, by the way. It was two preseason games last eh, night. Philadelphia, eh, not for everybody. Pittsburgh, not for everybody. Hey, Washington, <laughs> New England. I was. I had the bug last night. I had a, I had a nice sports bug last night. In you, know what, you know what you are? You know what, what you that? are what to that? give the comp with me? Is when Lakers are playing a preseason game, and I'm like, oh no, no, this is this is as big as it gets here. This is it. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, third quarter, we're down eight. Uh, coach, what are we doing? What are we doing out there? Yeah, but it's different though, man, it, because you get a chance to see guys in new uniforms. A lot of these rookies that we saw in college now, mm-hmm. we're watching them play in the NFL for the first time. That's what I saw last night with like Mac Jones. Uh, the quarterback for the New England Patriots. Uh, obviously, Cam Newton will be starting, but Alan, like I'm, like I was so excited last night to mm-hmm. watch football, to watch fans in the stands, then to watch just the sporting night that we had last night with the Field of Dreams. Look, I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm pumped up because I've waited so long for this, Alan. I've waited, you know, pretty much <laughs> since February for meaningful football. Now, look, look, the Super Bowl was fun. All right, Tampa Bay won. But I like the way you set it up. I've waited so long for this. I'm like, wait, Kirk, this is the cycle of football. I mean, (laughs) it it happens every year. This is the first time here. But I love it, though, man. Honestly, this is uh, – it it, it feels good. But I think even for for bigger reasons, this is huge for L.A. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the first time that the people of Los Angeles can watch a competitive – Absolutely. A competitive football game. Mm -hmm. I don't care it's a preseason game. This is more than a preseason game. Maybe I'm hyping it up too much. Maybe the people no, I, I don't think like you are hyping it up too much. But Alan, this is a this is the battle of L.A. It's, no, it's not Clippers Lakers. All right, it's not the freeway series. It's not Angels and Dodgers. But it is Chargers Rams or Rams you know what's funny? Chargers. Can I, can I tell you something? I didn't I didn't know you were actually talking about the game. I thought you were referring more to it's the stadium. Fans get to be back at SoFi. It's that vibe. It's a chance, no, you know. It's, I, it's 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 uh it's it's circle letter D right on, on the scantron. Mm-hmm. It's all of the above. It's all well, of those answers above, but more so. There's still this battle of L.A. going on right now, Alan, and no there? one's talking about it. it, it it's still happening right now. It's still happening right now. The Chargers okay. feel like they have a future, which mm-hmm. kind of coincides with uh, a conversation that we'll have on this program today. They feel like they have a guy locked up at the quarterback position that will help mm-hmm. out the future of their team, where the Rams have a guy who's kind of in the back nine. I wouldn't say the final parts of his career. Sure, A lot sure. of similarities mm-hmm. with the basketball teams in Los Angeles and the football teams in Los Angeles. Well, I, listen, and, and we're going to get a chance a little bit later in the show. We're going to talk about Kawhi's extension mm-hmm. and what that means for the Clippers versus the Lakers, long term, short term, all that stuff. But I, I'm going to since since we since you kind of brought that up, I I, I want to ask you this: uh, Chargers and the Rams. When you say there's a battle for LA, I'm going to I'm going to just give you my perspective as an outsider looking in, right? Okay. Somebody that um, is obviously not as involved as you are when it comes to NFL football. 
I don't know what battle we're talking about because <laughs> when I, you know, one of the things that I'm so curious on this upcoming season, specifically for the Chargers, take away Justin Herbert, take away what happens on the football field. I have a curiosity of when the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, yeah. when these squads come to SoFi, uh, I, I guess my only curiosity is, how lopsided is it? And I'm bringing that question up to you because when you say Battle of L.A., man, I didn't know there was a battle. Is there a battle that I don't know about? Yeah, there's a battle. There's a battle quietly. And people are all right now feel that the Rams have taken the lead, right? Think about it. It's been five seasons have passed mm-hmm. since football has returned to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Rams have been here five seasons. They've made the playoffs three of five. They've made it to a Super Bowl. They kind of have the upper echelon, right? People and think the, Rams first. And their history, right? Their they, history. they actually have history in L.A., real history, rather with, with the Chargers don't have obviously something like that to lean on. But this is where L.A. has kind of turned here, Alan. And this is what I was thinking about last night. Mm-hmm. Because I know I'm in a Laker town, right? Mm-hmm. But there's like this growing sense of the up-and-comer, the underdog, mm-hmm. right? The Clippers are the underdog. The Chargers are the underdog. They're the underdogs in this city, and people are trying to kind of talk into fruition that they've got the future locked up. They've got Justin Herbert. They've got the rookie of the year uh, on offense last year in Justin Herbert that makes the Chargers the team of the future in L.A. That Kawhi signing that contract, like you mentioned, that the Clippers actually have a future in L.A. because they have their star locked up for a long period. There is no how many more years do we have with LeBron? How long will it, like so there is this battle for L.A. quietly happening right now that no one is talking about. But yet there's just been these rumblings that I hear from time to time that people say, watch out in the next two to well, three years. Mm-hmm. This battle will be kind of shifting gears to the opposite side. This is my curiosity. By the way, if you want to weigh on weigh in on this, is there an actual battle in L.A. when it comes to football between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Los Angeles Rams? I'm actually surprised, Kirk, to, that you throw it out that way. But I, I want to I want I want to kind of give something that might actually support your point. Phone number is eight seven 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 ten ESPN. You know what they say in the NBA, right? Uh, stars, kind of that, that. It's box office is who you have on your squad. Correct. Am I interested in watching your team? Do you have somebody that uh, I'm going to go out of my way and say that's much-watch TV? Here's a perfect example. The Angels are not a good baseball team. <laughs> Otani is no question about it, must-watch TV. Agreed. Kirk, if he's pitching, and I know he's pitching, now i got to do a little research because at the end of the day, you know, you need people to tell you that, hey, this is happening because, unfortunately for Otani, the Angels aren't good. But he's that box office of a um, uh, of a player that you want to go out of your way to watch. Is Justin Herbert going to be that for the Chargers? And by the way, if he becomes that for the Chargers, mm-hmm. does that change how L.A. looks at the Chargers? I don't have that answer, but if you think the way the Chargers can make an imprint into this market, tomorrow the Chargers are taking on the Rams at SoFi Stadium, is by having a franchise quarterback, a young franchise quarterback, that becomes one of the faces of the NFL. 
I, I don't know if that's going to change the picture, but what I will say is all we could kind of judge this on is what we've seen from the Chargers so far in L.A. And the only thing I typically hear, Kirk, is why are they in Los Angeles? <laughs> I hear a lot of broadcasters still saying the San Diego Chargers. And it doesn't seem like also based on when they were in Carson and everything else, and we'll see what happens this year, that there's just no fan base for them. You think if Justin Herbert becomes a star in the league, that can shift with the Chargers in L.A.? I mean, that's what people are banking on. New head coach, Brandon Staley, young guy, innovative, what he did with the Rams defense a year ago. And then now, like I said, we already have the quarter. You already have the quarterback uh, there. You've got some stars. You've got some names now. You're going to be playing in the stadium. You're playing against Patrick Mahomes once a year, the Raiders once a year, Broncos. So you're also in a division that also brings a lot of attention. So mm-hmm. that it's a lot to me right now for people to say, oh, it's going to be a shift. I think people just want to see the Chargers really more competitive. They want to see the Chargers and create this sort of, you know, L.A. on L.A., like this Rams-Chargers rivalry, even though it's not really a thing yet. But it but could be people, a good storyline. I, I, I get what you're saying. To, yeah, mm-hmm. people are trying to push the narrative. And that's why I think that this season is so important. That's why I think I, I know it's just a preseason game, but that's what I'm going to be looking at. Like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at those certain things of who's really capturing Los Angeles for the first time with fans inside of SoFi, Alan. Like, that's the that's the biggest thing, man. I just mm-hmm. can't wait to see the fans, their faces. I don't know how many people will be there. It's a preseason game, so I don't know. how. Usually, preseason game, it's half full, three quarter. I mean, you know, quarter full. It's different now. Yeah, this is different. You know, this is uh, looks like this is a brand new home. Uh, Nobody stepped foot in it yet. Everybody wants to take that tour. I mean, that's what it's going to be at least for most of this season. For and that's why I kind of described that. You know, fan bases out there when the Chiefs are playing the Chargers at SoFi (laughs) Stadium. I'm sure there's a lot of Chiefs fans that also want to see the stadium and come to LA. So. That's going to be a part of the mix as well. Travis and Sliwa Show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Um, Kirk, I'm trying to understand this, and I want to get it from your perspective. Yes. Dodgers are a really, really good baseball team. Correct. No question about it. You, You can't, you know, they are, I think, within a game of the second best record in Major League Baseball. So there is no questioning how talented the Dodgers are. Correct. They just went out and took two or three against the Phillies. Phillies were the hottest team in baseball. They had won eight games in a row. Dodgers just kind of put the clamp down on them. And then yesterday they lose two to one. Okay, it happens. You won two or three from the Phillies. The world's not going to end. They're doing it with uh, not really one of their rotational pitchers. Mitch White is in there. This is the question I have for you, and this is what I find so confusing about the Dodgers. They're 13-21 and 21 in one-run games. There's only two teams in Major League Baseball with a worse record in one-run games. It's Miami and it's Arizona. You know what those two teams have in common? They're irrelevant because they're not good. <laughs> right, Kirk, in sports, am I right or wrong on this? The teams that usually lose these close games in a football, I'm going to use football as an example. Emily oh, yeah. gave me this gave, gave me this comp in uh, when we were doing our prep call. For so many years, perfect kind of example with the Chargers. For so many years, Chargers, well, they they were in so many games. Well, that doesn't mean you're a good team, right? You got to win these games. You got to win yeah. these close ones. Explain to me how the Dodgers have 
the fourth best record in in baseball, one game out of the second best record in baseball. They're thirteen and twenty one in one run games, and they're also one and twelve in extra inning games. Help me understand that. They're feast or famine. That's easy. Feast or famine. They're either blowing you out or they're getting or, or they're losing. That's it. Like there, there's that game where there, there's the game where if they're up three, four, five runs, the confidence that they can win goes through the roof. They they are a a team that is able to front run. They are they are front runners. Let's be honest. When they're winning, everything works. Everything's clicking. Everybody's hitting. The pitching is great. The hitting is great. But all of a sudden, when things get tight, mm-hmm. when games get tight, when you need some clutch, <laughs> and I wouldn't say this for Dodgers of years past. Mm-hmm. This is of this 2021 Dodgers. And a lot of it, honestly, is trying to find your identity. Because every year the identity was always, hey, you got some frontline starters, guys who are going to make some plays, but, you know, we're going to hit home runs. You had your Bellingers and your Turners. All that stuff was, was pretty easy last year in winning a World Series. But this year, you got to kind of reinvent yourself. Every year is a new identity. And I think this year's identity is one that this team has not found a way to pull it together when the game is tight. Like it was sometimes like there was a feeling, Alan, and you knew this. And I'll go back to uh, things that I've seen, especially here in Los Angeles. Okay. Where if you knew the Lakers were within five with five minutes to go and and Kobe was coming out of that, that that resting period. Remember where he were rest to start the fourth quarter. Yep. If that was the scenario you played out, I'm like, Oh, we're going to win by seven. Let's call it a day. Like, but, but you knew though, because that was the identity of the team was like, Mm -hmm. we just have to be within a puncher's distance. Mm -hmm. When Kobe gets off his rest break to start Mm -hmm. the fourth quarter, LBJ as well as another good comp just in this, just -hmm. cancel Christmas. It's over. It's a wrap. Just, Mm -hmm. and teams knew that. But now with the Dodgers, if it's a game close and you get past the sixth inning, yeah, we all get nervous. Mm-hmm. Before it was like, oh, it's done. Oh, all right, we got this. Bring in Kinley. You know, we we did a couple of relief innings. Bring in Kinley. Game's over. But now it's to the point where you are kind of shaking. If but, if, if, if a game is in one run, two runs, we're like, oh man, what is it? What what what's going to be tonight? What's going to happen tonight? All right, let me throw this out there. So to Dodger fans out there, how much of a concern is it that the Dodgers are, like we mentioned, one-run games, 13-21? and 21. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, the Giants gained another game yesterday by beating the Rockies. They're five games up. Kirk, I'm going to play out a scenario with the Dodgers that can very well be realistic and where other teams are hoping if they're going to face the Dodgers, face them in that wild card game, not a regular game set. So we're going to do that coming up next. Uh, Quick reminder as well, coming up at 930, I want to talk about Kawhi Leonard, his extension with the Clippers and what that means for the Lakers and the Clippers. 945, Ask Slee. You could send those in at Alan Sliwa, at Kirk Morrison. Stay right here. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. All right, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Kirk, here's the uh, here's the straight talk here. Let Look at the Giants and the Dodgers right now. So Dodgers lose another game yesterday, and they lose ground on the Giants. Giants with a five-game lead in the NL West. The straight, walk, the straight talk is this. Let, let's, put, let's put aside the one-run games. Let's put aside the 1-12 in and extra innings. Correct. You can't really put that aside, but I'm going to try to do my best to put it aside for a quick second. Here's the reality for the Dodgers. Obviously, they are their most vulnerable if there's a team out there that just has to beat them once. 
and that's going to be the case for anybody in that position. Right. But if uh, let me give you a good example here. If you're a team like the Padres, San Diego Padres, who are playing decent baseball, but the reality is you thought this was going to be the Dodgers and the Padres this year. You didn't think the Giants would be on top of the NOS or even fighting for the NOS. Giants, no question about it, surpassing expectations. Yes. But I'm going to use the Padres as an example. If you're the Padres and you get into this wild card and you have the Dodgers in this one-game one playoff, wouldn't you rather face the Dodgers once? Like If, you, if you're San Francisco and you win the NL West – and you're going to play the winner of the Dodgers and the and the Padres. You almost wish, if you were the Giants, that you could play the Dodgers in that one game playoff. Because if the Dodgers do eventually beat the Padres and then have Giants in a you know obviously yeah, uh, a, a longer set, mm-hmm. a longer series, I, I would I almost look at this as remember with the Lakers it was like just get in, mm-hmm. and the further they go into the playoffs, the more dangerous they're going to be. That never happened. Uh, Lakers got injured, and that was a wrap. The season was over. Dodgers would be a lot more dangerous after that wild card. The problem Agreed. is anything can happen in that wild card. Anything can happen, you know, even if they throw out Walker Bueller and even if Max Scherzer's right behind him and the Padres throw out Hugh Darvish, who's done a good job against the Dodgers, anything can happen that way. And, and you and I are talking about it, it you to you – for it, for you to be thirteen and twenty one in a run one run one game and in an extra inning be one and twelve, that there's not where's the clutch that that part is missing. What about yeah. if the entire season is just hanging on one game? If you're not clutch there, your season is over. Yeah, I mean you're not clutch, but you're you're nervous um, because I remember how nervous you were when the Lakers were in the playing game versus the Warriors. You were nervous, Alan. I I heard it in your voice. Because it was like, uh oh, we got to, you know, play. Steph Curry can go off for one game. And you all wanna, of a sudden, the, you, the, can I tell you something? The reality yeah. for that game, yeah. I think I even predicted, I was like, Lakers are winning by 10. Like, double digits <laughs> is what I thought. And then here right. we are, fourth quarter, game and is tied. Yeah. I'm like, uh, are we playing Memphis on Friday? And uh, this is a win or go home? Yeah. Right. Anything can happen in those one games. Anything can happen in those scenarios. And and you saw for the Warriors, you know, they in a one game scenario they had to play against Memphis and bye bye. The Warriors were did not make the playoffs in the NBA. So that's what the wild card creates. It creates teams that may not be of equal value, but it gives them that opportunity that we just have to be great for one game. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about who we're going to pitch in game two, or you know what, if we drop game one and two, we can you know pitch these guys in three and four and, and even the series up. I think that's a great point that you make. For the Dodgers, you want to be in a seven game series. If you're in a one game, just do do you have the the confidence? Now, the one thing I do say is that I have the confidence in the Dodgers starters. Bro, some just just someone can catch a. A fastball that was misplaced by Bueller, and there's a two-run shot. A, a, a missed play by Cody Bellinger. Could be, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Those think, happen those in every the, game. But see, those are – it's a situation. The Dodgers, them winning the World Series last year helps out a lot because they, mm-hmm. like, they know what, what it's going to be like getting to the playoffs or they get into a one-game scenario. Mm-hmm. Max Scherzer, to me now – Gives me like that confidence sure. that the Dodgers can throw out a couple starters. Remember, they're just trying to get in, so they can throw a couple starters out there, 
and have the pitching to have the where to win one game. Oh, you have to, right? You just so that confidence. All the chips is there. are on the table. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned, in a one game scenario, man, that is uh, that that that's not fun. That is so, not fun because we because we also see it in the NFL a lot. That's why the wild card round. Is so remember Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They weren't a the number one seed. They sure. weren't even a two seed. Sure, they had to win four games. Well, three games on the road to get yep. to the Super Bowl, in which they hosted to get home the Super field. Bowl. Yeah, to get home field. <laughs> but in these one game scenarios, though, mm-hmm. Allen, it does scare you. And and look, you don't want the Dodgers to start looking ahead because this is what happens. And also, again, it goes back to your point, 13 and 21 to one-run games. Allen, you cannot start looking forward because I can tell you now the the Giants are going to keep winning. Like they, They've proven that it doesn't matter how – they'll get it done. They're finding ways to win games. And so with the Dodgers trying to chase, I don't want them to feel like they have to chase. They just need to win their games in front of them. And look, sure. at the end of the year, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen – but if they continue to keep chasing and looking up, like okay, we got to win this because the Giants won, or this and that, that's where you throw your that's where your confidence starts to wane because you're not focusing on what's in front of you. You're worried about chasing what's ahead of you, which you may not even catch up to. All right, so I, I will say this just to kind of round this one out here: there's still 47 games left, yes. so it, it's not like um, the season's about to end tomorrow. But 47 games. I put out on Twitter yesterday, and I'll get the number from you. I just tweeted out to Dodger fans, hey, do you think the Dodgers will catch the Giants in the NL West? What percentage, what way do you think it went? What do you think? I would say Dodger fans, yes. I would probably say 55% say Dodgers will catch the Giants. Okay. 70% said no. Dodgers are not catching the Giants. Wow. These are Dodger fans, you know, obviously, or probably – from a predominantly uh, Laker and Dodger fan base, whatever the case is, 70% said, no, I don't think that the Dodgers are going to catch the Giants. And you know how these work. Anytime you're putting up a local team, it's always going to sway towards a local. And, you know, I I mention that not even to – it's just the reality of the situation. It's not – you know, nobody – everybody understands that the threat of a one-game playoff, how dangerous it is, but it's becoming – more and more realistic. That is straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Um, let me throw in a quick phone call here. Let's go to uh, Miguel in L.A. Miguel, thank you for calling in. What's going on, Miguel? Hey, guys. Good morning, uh, Kirk and Alan. Uh, listen, any Dodger fan realizes that we're worried because the 13-21 and 21 and the uh, extra innings falls on the manager. The manager needs to do two things. You need to manufacture runs and push the right buttons when it comes to the bullpen and pitching. And Dave Roberts has failed miserably. As long as Dave Roberts is the manager, he's the Doc Rivers and Anthony Lynn of baseball. Whoa. Appreciate you calling in, Miguel. Um, let me actually – let's play a quick cl- uh, clip here because – Funch has had this a little bit earlier. This is Dave Roberts talking specifically that he's actually not that concerned about these one-run losses. Um, no, no. I mean, there's still losses. Um, I'm, I'm sure that if you look at each game, you know, whether it was a, a defensive play and, and an at-bat here or there, uh, you know, pitch here or there could have flipped it, but um, that's baseball. So uh, it, they still count as losses, and um, – I don't think that that's kind of front of mind at all, you know, as we move forward. 
Well, Kirk, uh, he's not worried about it. I think Dodger fans are worried about it. And, and like I said, uh, <laughs> Bill Plaschke had a great piece today in the LA Times, and I think the article even started tick, tick, tick. You know, clock <laughs> is ticking here. Yeah. And he says the Giants who shouldn't be winning are inventing ways to do so. The Dodgers who should be winning do just enough to lose. That's interesting right there, right? Uh, you know, the Giants aren't supposed to be where they're at. They win some of these close games. They're winning games that they're supposed to. And this is this is the most confusing part for me. Like I said, Kirk, the Dodgers are stacked. They're a good team. It's not like they're playing 500 baseball. But mm-hmm. as good as they are, they're losing close games. Some of those clutch situations that, you know, you're expecting from, they have not come through so far. Let me just mention one other thing. They got the Mets this weekend. Urias, Bueller, Scherzer. Those are your three pitchers for the weekend. Oh, yeah. San Francisco, they got the Rockies at home. Rockies have the worst record on the road in Major League Baseball. So even if the Dodgers take two of three and the Giants handle business against Colorado, they could be six games back by the time we get to Monday. So that's what's happening right now with the Dodgers. Uh, Kirk, I want to shift gears here because I thought yesterday something happened around the Los Angeles Clippers that just seemed like, okay, yeah, this is everybody expected Kawhi to come back with a, uh, to come back to Los Angeles Clippers. But I actually think this is bigger news than people are making it for. And I'm thinking big picture between the Lakers and the Clippers. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. Kirk Morrison filling in for Travis Rogers. This is the Travis and Sleba Show on 710 ESPN. All right, is your vehicle due for a service? Head into your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. For over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you. No dragging the kids to a dirty waiting room. At Valvoline, you stay in your car, you stay safe, while the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Uh, I've said this before. I've got my car service there as well. Go to SoCalOilChange.com. Throw in the zip code. All these different locations around Southern California are going to pop up. Go to the one closest to you. They're fantastic. I know we procrastinate about getting uh, our oil changes done, work done to our car. Let uh, let Valvoline make it easy for you. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline instant oil change. Travis and Sleeve was brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Uh, coming up at 9.45, ask Slee. Kirk, I know you're already looking at all those tweets out there. At Alan Sliwa, at Emily um, H-Y-B-L, just to spell the last name, and then at Kirk Morrison as well. You could hit us up on Twitter. Um, okay, Kirk, so I don't want to say this flew under the radar because it was obviously relevant news and it was big news. Kawhi just signed a four-year uh, maximum contract with the Clippers, $176 million. He's got a player option in his fourth year, right? Yep. Paul George, by the way, his extension starts this year. It's a four-year uh, contract as well. He's got a player option in that fourth year. Um, is it just me, or does, did this just seem like very quiet news because everybody just expected Kawhi to come, you know, obviously come back to the Clippers, but did it feel that way? Yeah, I think we already knew he was going back. There was nowhere else he could go. I think the... We would have been surprised had he signed somewhere else. Sure, that would be the only story. But who had the money to sign Kawhi, and where would he go that he could really be uh, a part of a contender? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just not going to go anywhere. But I think really the the bigger thing here is that you're now starting talking about like 2025, 2024. Like, 
like we're just trying to get through 2021 right alan like everybody in the world is trying to get through 2021 we'll we'll cross that bridge when 2022 gets here but to think that you have Kawhi leonard the superstar that he is locked up long term and so what what really and paul george and that that's the key is that both of these guys their contract will take them through the 2024 2025 season um, that's if obviously they stay throughout. They they both pick up that final year. That's not small news, Kirk. Because no. if there's if there's one thing that you've seen from the Lakers roster over the last couple of years, yes, the LeBron and Anthony Davis piece, of course, that's your foundation. But there's also been turnover with a lot of different players, so forth. But the big thing for me, Kirk, is you kind of have a vision. Um, for the Clippers over the next handful of years. You know that. And they're at a different age, right? Like LeBron is, he's 36. He'll be 37 in December. Both of these guys are in their early 30s. Early 30s, yeah. Uh, but also, too, Alan, um, this, you, you got to think about this, though. And I don't think this is what people aren't talking about. Kawhi signs this deal. And there seemed to be some tension, a little bit of tension with Kawhi and the Clippers okay. toward the end, right? And then I see this long-term extension, four years, one seven. That's long-term in NBA. In the NBA world, that's long-term. Let's be real. Right. To me, does he sign this deal because he's probably not 100%? Does he sign this deal because the injury that we saw at the end of the playoffs or the end of the season for the Clippers may be a lot worse than we expect? Mm-hmm. Does he sign this to say, wow, I could have been done? Does he watch what happened to Dennis Schroeder and say, you don't leave money on the table? Like That's where my mind went with this because we don't know what his availability is going to look like for next season. So can, I, can, I, say, can I say this, Kirk? I, I sure. will. Yesterday I said, don't worry about the Western. Yeah, it was yesterday, right? I yeah, said, don't, don't worry, worry about the Western Conference. You're the right. Lakers. Don't worry about the West. Remember, I kept kind of <laughs> yeah. running my mouth about that. Part of the reason is because Kawhi Leonard, unfortunately for him, he did tear that ACL uh, in his right knee in a playoff game, which mm-hmm. I was reading in some great articles on the LA Times about this. I was reading in, in uh, some of those reports. The earliest that Kawhi, they believe, would come back, usually those types of injuries are 9 to 12 months. The Correct. earliest he'd be able to come back would be April. Okay, what's April in the NBA? Playoffs. That's the start of the playoffs. Yep. So when I say, you know, part of the reason, if you remember, I was making the Laker comparison um, – uh, yesterday was if the Warriors went out and made a deal, then I got some concern with the Western Conference because the Warriors then would add a piece to what they already have. Right. The Clippers are coming off the most successful season they've ever had in franchise history. And even though, yes, I, I'm, you know, is it kind of pathetic? Yeah, it is, but it doesn't matter what I think. And it, for the Clippers, that's the furthest they've ever gone. And you should also tip your cap to a franchise that, without Kawhi Leonard, still beat the Utah Jazz and then pushed the Phoenix Suns to six games. So the Clippers pretty much brought back their same team. The Clippers probably believe in their mind if Kawhi could at some point come back next season, even if it's right. towards the playoffs, then you know what? We could make a run in the Western Conference. But I think bigger picture, something that you mentioned, even if it ain't next year, okay, what about the year after that? Correct. What about the year after that? As Correct. in you're in a window if you're the Clippers that over the next four years you got a legitimate chance to get to the NBA Finals and potentially win an NBA championship, and that's not unrealistic. That, that's called uh, security, which a lot of teams in the NBA don't have. 
That's security. Unless Kawhi demands a trade, unless PG demands a trade, the Clippers are just trying to find the right pieces around these two athletes, these mm-hmm. two players, mm-hmm. these two superstars. Think about it. Everybody else is always trying to figure out what do we do next. Look at how many teams have imploded over the last three to four seasons. How many teams have just had superstars and they're upset and they leave. They're gone. And now Houston. you're trying to rebuild a team. Use Houston as a perfect example, right? The yeah. Rockets. It was Chris Paul and James Harden. Yeah. And then it was Westbrook and Harden. And now everybody's gone. It was P.J. Uh, Tucker. Remember, it was Clint Capella. Right. This thing, think about the role players that were there mm-hmm. and how many are not there. And this is happening right now in front of our eyes in Portland with Damian Lillard. Correct. Right? Like he would be the Same next thing. player in a, in a similar predicament. So, But now when you already have two pieces of, of – uh, it's like this, Alan, and you know this as well. I think everybody knows this. If you got two great main entrees, mm-hmm. it kind of it doesn't really matter what the sides are. You can mix and match the sides. You can try new things. Mm-hmm. But if you know what the two main entrees are for the night, oh, yeah, we can mix and match and make it work all week long, all year long. That's where the Clippers are. They've got their main entrees. Now it's just about do they want to do appetizers? Do they want to do sides? Do they want to do dessert? What are we drinking? Do they want to do side salads? Whatever you made. But that gives them a little bit more confidence for their future as to I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. But the Lakers, is it two years before this thing implodes? Is it two more seasons of LeBron at his height or where he's at right now currently before it will be the rebuilding process that went by without, what, seven years of not making the playoffs. I mean, that's a reality that Lakers fans saw that could be a reality in the future in two more years, where the Clippers have four years to really figure out what happens after post-Kawhi contract. I, I never answered your question about Kawhi when you said, did he sign a four-year maximum contract with the Clippers because potentially that injury? I think so. I think, yeah. hey, oh, yeah. let me grab that $176 million <laughs> Let now. Let's bread. not screw around. <laughs> yeah. Let me not sign a one plus one and then go try to get a five-year deal because we've right. seen in the NBA you could be 36 years old like Chris Paul and still get a $120 million contract. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's going to happen. But to play this last one on the Clippers, I, I think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are there. The one thing you could say about the Clippers is you got an owner that's motivated to win and has uh, you know a bank account that looks very similar to Kirk Morrison's, right? It's just <laughs> it, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a blank check. That's Steve Ballmer. So you have you have your two stars. You have an owner motivated to win. You've got a pretty solid front office. I don't think if they're going to win a championship or get to the NBA Finals, this is the exact roster. But I think you are putting yourself in a position, like I said, over the next four years. It's not just next year. It's not just the year after. That's why the Clippers, to me, I I think this is not small news. I think it's big news. And in about 15 minutes, Kirk, when we get to 955, I want to compare the Lakers' future versus the Clippers' future. And we'll get a chance to kind of look at what that battle in L.A. on the court, because there's no battle in L.A. when you you know talk about <laughs> Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah. But I think on the court, it could actually be a, a real good battle. Um, okay, coming up next, Kirk, you've never done this. We do ask Slee. I still don't even understand the segment. Listeners <laughs> send in their tweets. I know you're getting tagged in on a lot here. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll answer some questions. We'll have some fun with it. That's coming up next. Like I said, 
9.55. We'll compare the Lakers and the Clippers for the future. Stay right here at Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. Ashley is brought to you by Kia of Carson this summer. Find your next car or SUV at Kia of Carson. Hurry into Kia Carson for the best selection off the 405 at the Carson exit. Go to KiaofCarson.com. All right, Kirk, um, you know, this one's a little bit different because we, we got somebody on here on Twitter already asking Kirk. So here's an Ask Kirk for you, and then you could come back at me. Oh, good. Let's go. You throw ketchup on your hot dog? Yeah, I throw ketchup. I'm slight ketchup, though. I don't, you, don't, you don't have to douse it in ketchup. Put a little bit of ketchup, but you can go heavy on the mustard. So if Travis was here, he'd be shaking his head. He'd be saying, that's not how you eat. Why, why is there this camp of people in this world that we live in? What has happened to society where those who look down on those who put ketchup on their hot dog? What am I missing here? I don't know, man. Look, that's the way you eat a hot dog. Like Traditionally, when people go get a hot dog, they ask, do you want ketchup and mustard? And I'm like, yeah. Here's I mean, Kirk's even, point. Or, even sorry. when you go to the, the grocery store, they sell it in pairs, right? Right. They, they sell, sell right next to it, next ketchup, to the hot dog buns, mustard, next to everything else. They're all together. Now you can miss me with the relish, like that. That's an acquired taste. You know what I mean? I'm more of a sauerkraut guy, but you know what I mean. Like I feel like you have to. Like even this is this is how 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 good it is. Okay. When Costco was giving out a half ketchup, half mustard packet. Mm. Through the COVID times. Well, still kind of doing it right now, but even still. That's a good idea. Why didn't we come up with that? Yeah, so it was like this little half thing, kind of similar to like the half jelly, half jam jars. Yeah. People have seen yep. that before. Mm-hmm. So I saw like the half ketchup, half mustard. Mustard. And I was all good. It was like you were getting best of both worlds. That's how you eat a hot well, dog. Well, this is what Travis would tell us. We're not four years old and we need to grow up. That's <laughs> Travis's angle. All right. <laughs> four years old. <laughs> all right, what do you got there, Kirk? You got uh, you got one? Yeah, I got a couple, sweet. Okay. Because um, some people are asking, and this was this is um, it's kind of funny here, because they said that it's Slee um, and a an Italian mobster. Okay, let make sure I want to make sure I get okay, this right. Let's get, let's, let's hear the yeah. whole thing here. Yep. Okay, let me read the whole thing here. I'll make sure I pull it up because uh-huh. I don't want to mess this up. Yep. All right. It seems that you can get confused at looking at Sleeve because okay. he seems more like an Italian mobster mm-hmm. type dude rather than being a Middle Eastern guy. His accent sounds more Italian than Middle Eastern. So. Yeah. For a lot of people, tell them where you from and mm-hmm. your accent, in your accent, because yep, it can be. Because I love when you say Lakers. Some people just say Lakers, but you like Laker, like Laker, like <laughs> it has it has an emphasis on the Laker. Okay, so um, yep, I'm an Italian mobster. I'm selling packets of cigarettes <laughs> out of the back of my car. I run a Ponzi scheme on the side. Uh, there's a lot of things that I'm doing outside of the show. Okay, like the moment the show ends, it's a completely different. It's a completely it's different. Stop making person. a Sunday sauce. It's it's all day. It's all day. Emily, that's a solid Italian uh, Italian Jersey voice right there. I got some Italian in me. Don't worry about it. All right, so no, Kirk and, and I. People always say, like, hey, are you from the East Coast? I'm like, yeah. no, I'm from East County, which is in El Cajon, <laughs> San Diego, okay? That's where I'm from. All right. it, it's a culture thing. You know, Middle Eastern, there's – it's actually, there's a lot of, I guess, similarities culture-wise, like big families, everything's yeah. about the food. It's you talk with your hands. So I think there's actually more similarities you would think. Catholics, you know, there's yeah. more similarities, I think, between some Middle Eastern from certain parts of uh, the Middle East and you'd have with some Italians. 
So you talk with your hands then. That's what you're saying. A lot of talk with my hands. All when right. I do the when I do the commercials, like I, I notice myself. I'm like, Granger, the guys who get it done. I'm like, put your hands down. What are you doing? That's I'm talking with your hands here. Right, you got another one there, Kirk? Um are you a take your shoes off guy on the airplane? <laughs> uh that's pretty funny. I'm I'm about to get on a plane this upcoming Tuesday and it is a it's a long. This is it's going to be a long uh, plane ride. Yeah, I won't take the shoes off because first of all, if somebody's sitting next to me, it's just weird. It's uncomfortable. So right. I'll uh, you know I'll I'll, I'll I'll loosen the laces up, but I'm not going to take my shoes off. If uh, nobody's in the aisle with me, and I feel like all right, I'm on my own here. Maybe I'll consider it more. But it's just kind of weird having my shoes off next to a stranger to my left while they're you know, in an aisle seat having my foot out. I don't think I'm going to be pulling that one. Also to the airport, you got to wear something with socks because you got to take yes, your shoes definitely. off going through the security line. So if anybody was wearing flip-flops to the airport, <laughs> they're also, you know, a serial killer. Don't worry about that. Well, I, I wear slip-ons, like slip-on shoes. Which is easy. not a bad idea. Yeah. Which is so, not a bad idea. With, with slip socks. On shoes, yeah, with, with socks. socks. I use, with socks, I wear slip-on shoes with socks. And I, I'll give you the halfway shoes off on the plane. Where if you're if you're looking closely, still it looks comfort. like I have my. You can tell that my shoes are off. Still some breathing going on. Yeah, yep. but you, you're getting some ventilation in there. Uh, yeah. You know what, what, yeah. What about the slides with socks? Well, that's what he was saying. Yeah, that's that's the L.A. slides with the with the shin high socks. No, you're talking. That, about- yeah, that slides with shin high socks. You you, you, you could take them off. Kirk looks like he's going to go play a three-on-three game going in with those. You know, he's got the shoes in his hands, right? He's got his basketball shoes in his hands. He's got the slides on with the socks. Um, mm. Okay, Kirk, let's see if we could get uh, one more in there if you got it. I do. So you know, uh, we're going to take you back here, Slee. Take okay. you back. I want to know about Young Slee. Okay. Was Young Slee more of a spelling bee participant uh-huh. or was Young Slee a math Olympian type? Um. All right, I got one spelling bee story. Was it fourth grade, fifth grade, something along those lines? Kirk, I feel like I know how to spell. So right. we go up to, uh, you know, you go up in front of the class. I don't even go up. In- yeah, I think you go up in front of the class. The teacher's like, all right, we're doing our spelling bee here. She goes, October. I'm like, October? You giving me October this. on round one? O-C-T-B-E-R, right? Uh, O-B-E-R. I almost spelled it wrong right there. She goes, uh, no, it's capital O. I'm like, what do you mean it's capital what? O? She's like, it's capital O. You have to say capital O. I'm like, this is a, this is a, this is not hit F7 on my key to get my grammar check and everything else. I'm not hitting the shift button. Like, you should yeah. not be getting pronouns in a spelling bee either. Let's just say that too. To this day, I still have not talked to that teacher. I, if I ever, you know, that's, that's goes down as one of the uh, tougher moments. I thought I had a chance in this spelling bee. I lost in round one because I didn't say capital O. <laughs> hey man, you got to read the rules, man. Next time, I, I, honestly, I would have like protested. It. I like. It. I would have protested. Kirk is. I was going to say you're siding with the teacher. You were probably next on that list, saying, "Okay, I got it. It's a capital C. You should have known that." All right. All right. That's Ashley right there. Um, this is what we got coming up next. Should Laker fans? How concerned? Let me let me put it this way: Should Laker fans be on the big picture for the Clippers? Let's compare not just what the Lakers and the Clippers next season, but how about Lakers and the Clippers over the next four or five years? Because I think that's a more fair comparison. We're going to do that coming up next. Stay right here. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show on seven ten ESPN. How great is it when you get to choose your favorite movie to watch? Well, ZipRecruiter's Invite to Apply lets you pick your favorites. 
from the best candidates. ZipRecruiter sends you qualified candidates and you could easily invite your top choices to apply for your job. Lauren Webb, Senior Vice President of Talent Acquisition for Mindola, raves about ZipRecruiter's invite to apply. She says, I love that feature because we have a much higher follow-through rate if I invite candidates. You can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greenie to try ZipRecruiter for free. I'm going to spell it out here. G-R-E-E-N-Y. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greenie. 